Welcome to episode 30 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. My guest today is Jesse Flower, the voice of Toph Beifong from Avatar The Last Airbender. But before we dive into the interview, I'd like to remind everybody, please follow us on Twitter at Pop Anime Comics, as well as on our website, popanimecomics.com, for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture. So without further ado, let's dive right into this interview. Now, you've been acting for almost your entire life. How were you first introduced to acting? I kind of started singing when I was three. I've always kind of been into kind of music side of things. But one of my friends in elementary school did a commercial. And I just like watched her commercial once and thought it was cool and thought I wanted to do it. So that's kind of what kickstarted it. But I always liked performing. But that was the thing that made me really want to start actively doing it. And what was your first acting job? I joined a community theater and did Oliver. I was just an orphan. And then my first commercial was uh, a Barbie commercial, which was fun. And then when did you begin to move over to voice acting roles? I turned eight or nine because I started when I was like five and a half with theater and commercials. And because I started to look awkward, I went through like an awkward growing phase. So my hair was kind of short and my teeth were fine out I just looked funny so my agent was like hmm you know maybe you should try voiceover so I just started in with that and my first voiceover gig was Finding Nemo which was great and it was me and like eight other kids and we just all were like the voices of the small turtles and the school of fish and then I auditioned for Avatar for season one when I was Meng when I was 10 almost 11 I think and then they had me come back in an audition for Toph when I was 12. And then I got it, and from there, things happened. And were you a fan of voiceover work, anime work, cartoons growing up? I didn't actually have TV. I didn't watch TV until I was like 10 or 11. So I was kind of behind on everything. I wasn't really a fan per se, but not because I didn't like it, just because I really didn't know that it was there. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting because a ton of people knew what the show was before I even went on it, and I had no clue. Like, absolutely no idea what I was working on which I guess is kind of good and bad because I feel like I went into a lot of auditions just unbiased and I just gave my own version of it which is what you're supposed to do and if you already know what it's for you kind of get skewed a little bit sometimes so it probably worked out for the best I guess. And you mentioned your first role was Finding Nemo. How did you get this role? My agent basically just put into like the voiceover section of the agency and that was just one of the first auditions that came through so a lot of the time I was notified through email or my mom was at that time because I was young and I would just record in a small little script section at a recording studio and then they would send in the voice sample to the casting director and whoever was listening and then they would just contact you if they liked your voice and wanted to like hear you again. I don't recall if there was a callback for that one or if they just cast straight from the audition because it depends on each situation and I just came into work after they told me what time and what place. And now you're also involved in Kronk's new adventure as well as the Emperor's new school. How did those jobs and voiceover works come about? That was actually cool. I started copying the voice of Chaka when I just watched the original movie because it's such a high voice and it's really quirky and funny. And I think I was just talking to my agent about it and I like sent in a voice sample 
And so then she sent that over to someone working on the project, which kind of got me an audition for it. It was just a pretty close fit because I'd been working on it for so long since I'd seen the first movie. And so then they ended up liking my audition for that as well. But I voiced interest for that one initially. I might have gotten the audition anyway, but I remember talking to my agent being like, I really love doing this voice. This is so cool. Anything high pitched. And they're like, well, actually, they need someone else. So because the girl who had done it before got too old, her voice started to kind of lower. So it was, they needed someone who had the high voice again. And what were the challenges of replacing somebody who did the voice previously? Just making sure that I stayed true to the small little inflection of the original sound. Over time, it got harder because I also started to age. So somewhere possibly around two-thirds of the way through the series, they had to get someone else because my voice also just kind of dipped out of range and I started being too low. But it's difficult keeping it as high as it is without it sounding like an authentic voice. So I guess that was the struggle. And now let's talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs) Sounds good. How did you discover the show? By booking it. And then I just started following along with the scripts because I still, when I first started recording, didn't really have television available to me. So I didn't really start watching until 14, which was a bit after I recorded a chunk of season two. I have all the DVDs. It was just interesting because people are like, oh, did you like watch them as they came out? And I was like, no. I watched them when I was recording them and I read the scripts. So I like knew what was happening, but I didn't like see everything on TV. But yeah, I found out by being in it and then like slowly discovered this like huge following and I was like, wow, this is insane. Like, this is so cool. And you initially started on this show as the character Ming. How did you get booked for that role? That was just another regular audition. So the way it works is basically we just get notified of an audition, depending. Our agent sends out emails with projects that she thinks he thinks like would be good for their client. And that just happens ideally if you work a lot, like a daily basis, you get a good five or six auditions a week and you kind of record and then send them back and it's just rolling. And so the agent gets like a huge chunk of projects from different people, different casting directors. And that was just one of them kind of in the mix. And they happened to like my voice and have me in for a callback. And they just thought it fit the character. And while you were the voice of Maine, was there any discussion about you being the voice of Toph? Not at all. Supposedly, I found out afterwards when they were discussing, because Toph was originally supposed to be a man, when they decided to make her a young girl, my name came up in conversation, apparently, and they were like, we should have her back. Like, we loved working with her. She was fantastic. Maybe we should have her try and, and be this character. And so then they apparently specifically requested that I audition for Toph. But I had no idea about this while I was Maine or even when I got the audition. It didn't come with like, oh, if you do this right, we're going to cast you. It was just, they're like, oh, we like remember you and want to hear you again. Do you feel that since you were already on the show that it was easier to audition for Toph's role? Yes and no. I mean, I knew the people that I had parted with for that one episode, but the character was completely different. So it was still a new sound that I had to find. And she was very different than Meg. It was not necessarily difficult or easier, but it's just nicer knowing that I had already worked with the people in the recording studio, I suppose. And now Toph's character is very unique. Obviously, she's blind. She's a young girl. How do you relate to get into her character? 
It was nice, actually, because Zach, who played Aang, and I, we were the only ones who were close to the age of the characters. He was 12 when I came in, and I was 13 for season two. So it was nice because we we were closer to how old everyone was. And I have bad eyesight. I'm not blind yet. But I have a very strong sass streak in me, and I can be very stubborn. So uh, as far as characteristics go, Toph is probably an accurate character who I would play. Like, if I were to be in the show, she's probably the character I'd be. I just put on my tomboy shoes. I just wanted my sound to be pretty authentic. I feel like Toph has a very tough exterior, and she's actually a very sensitive human being. And so I just tried to make that the goal, and for her to always sound a little abrasive, but to actually, you know, care about things. And now as the character of Toph and as the voice of Toph, you joined the cast mid-season two. How did you feel about being welcomed into the Avatar family? Oh, they were so nice. Oh my gosh. It was absolutely incredible. As I was saying, I was so intimidated because everyone else was over 18. Like, they were all much older, had been doing this for already a season and a few episodes. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I have to like get good really quick. But everyone was just absolutely amazing. Uh, And Nickelodeon is great. We recorded in Nickelodeon Studios in Burbank, California. And one of my favorite things was that sometimes they had a popcorn machine running in the kitchen area. So I'd always love to like run and get like a little bag of popcorn and then like run into the studio. That was fun. Everyone was really, really sweet. The recording director and sometimes the creators would sit in the room. Mike Bryan would sit in the couch, just kind of watch whoever was recording that day. It was very much like a family. And it became so like very easily by the second and third episode I was completely comfortable and how much creative freedom did you have in your expression of Toph pretty much complete for the first time I went through things so get the script in advance and be able to read through it and then the day of recording I would go in and we would just go through things once and and sometimes they'd have me say the line three different ways and they would like one of the ways I did it and so they'd be good sometimes just the way I said it didn't fit with like the animation they had or like the energy they wanted for the scene so they would have me say the line three different ways and then be like okay we like the second way like say it more like the second way, but also three different ways. And so we just kind of go deeper, deeper in own little version of line inception until we found something that they liked and they thought was appropriate to kind of fit. So they didn't really start off telling me a way to do it, which is nice. And then just would direct me if something didn't quite fit with everything else in their view. How do you feel that your chemistry with Sokka and Katara was... Not to stereotype everyone, but I feel like you kind of have the clueless leader who really needs his friends. You have the dope there for comedic relief. You kind of have the mom, and then you kind of have, like, the rough and tumble, like, attitude. I feel like that's how we all balance each other out. I think it was nice kind of having two male voices and two female voices, and then for both of those, one being kind of higher and then one being lower and and rougher. I just think it was perfect. I think voice casting is such a delicate thing. I'm actually kind of surprised that people only need like an audition and a callback to really find someone they want because you're relying on one person to just carry a chemistry through however many seasons, you know, something decides to run. Someone's voice could change or someone could get older all of a sudden or just start not sounding like the same way they did. I'm just so happy that they chose me, but I think it was perfect because every time I hear all four of us, we just sound like a 
group of friends that all kind of gel together. It's really a cool process for voice acting. They did such a good job finding all the right people. And now is voicing tough. Do you have a favorite scene or a favorite moment that you were part of? There's so many. One of my favorite episodes was during the Tales of Bossing Say when I got to go out and be kind of a girly girl and get my makeup done because that was just strange. But I feel like that was such a, a different moment for Tops. That was fun to do. Also, probably one of her more vulnerable moments because that was kind of the only episode that she didn't address her own blindness. Other girls did who were being mean. And so that was just a sad moment for Top when you got to see her unable to really defend herself because she's fine when she's with guys. So that was probably one of my favorite episodes. Anytime that I was training Aang also was great just because I got to pick on him nonstop and make bending sound effects, which it was nice. Sometimes I would make a certain grunt that I thought was appropriate for a certain earth bending move and they'd be like mm, try again so I'd just end up grunting like different ways for like a minute and a half until they're like there it is that's how you grunt I was like okay so those were fun scenes to record and as the series progressed do you feel that you had a mature Toph's voice yeah definitely well everyone got a little older the nice thing about Avatar is that it wasn't supposed to stay in one time period I think that was kind of one of the difficult things about doing Promise New School is that it was all supposed to kind of just stay the same time no one really aged with Avatar everyone was aging from day one so it was nice because everyone got a little bit older sounding and that was supposed to happen so it was a pretty natural transition and then you were also in two video games as the voice of Toph <laughs> was this voice acting different than the show a little bit mainly just because the writing was different obviously they were just kind of random throw-in lines to support the game and didn't necessarily have an intention that related to the whole script so I think they were just more disconnected they were a bit more abrasive and just kind of statements rather than kind of an inclusive script so I mean it was still the same voice but it was just a very different kind of feeling and um, it was also recorded in a different studio so that felt different as well and now after your role as Toph on Avatar you appeared in random cartoons and that's what I am how did these roles differ from Toph each thing is something different I feel like if the creators have done you know a really good job in creating just an original concept and really specific characters it makes it easier for voice actors to kind of grasp onto something unique and so for random cartoons that was that was so fun I'm so sad that that didn't really take off and, and do more but I have such a difficult time explaining how I come up with a sound because it's not something I like actively think about it's not like I lay out a template and write down all these different character traits and then just like try to analyze it too much I just toss around different voices and different sounds until while I'm like looking at a character description or a little sketch or something because a lot of the time it comes with a little character rough sketch until something I personally feel just fits and I'm like oh okay that kind of starting to sound more like my character what if I make her a bit more aggressive or what if I make her a bit more softer and like a shyer friend and just I kind of play it until I just hear something I like come out of my mouth and then I just record that and send it in. Eventually, you returned to the Avatar universe in Nickelodeon's MLB as Toph. What was it like to return to this character again? It was 
good, I guess. It's always nice coming back to work on, on something related to Avatar. It's something I'll never get sick of, aside from working on it, but just day-to-day questions and meeting people. They're like, wow, you must be so sick of it at this point, but not at all. And anytime there's a chance to work on it or go to another, you know, Comic-Con type situation, I'm always just so thrilled to, like, revisit. It's like coming back home a little bit, because I worked on it for two and a half, three years. So it's always nice, like, coming back to just a similar kind of family and, and my character and in 2014 you had the opportunity to work on Cora. that, that life weird. for you <laughs> that was pretty trippy not gonna lie uh it was a little strange but i was i was in the middle of my senior year when they called and asked about what i sounded like because they're like well there's this one moment in one of the episodes we have coming up and we just want to see what your voice sounds like when you say these lines of my own daughter which was interesting <laughs> and and see and i was like okay sure so i recorded the line it in. Great, you know, you sound wonderful. Like, please come in. We'd love to see you. So I came in, like, you know, four years later. I was just like, well, hello, everyone. <laughs> it was so funny. It was a moment where we all just were like, hi, I haven't seen you in so long. This is so exciting. Just caught up, and I was about to go off to college and just, just telling them what else I had worked on and what I was planning on working on in the future. And it was just a lovely little moment of reunion with everyone in the booth. And then, you know, I recorded my couple little lines and felt strange for a second but my character had aged so much <laughs> it was just so interesting but and then it was definitely when she came back later as very wise old woman it was great it was trippy for a little bit just playing someone who was supposed to be my own spawn but outside of avatar you also work in commercials as we mentioned you work in the barbie commercial you worked in a mitsubishi commercial mcdonald's in out burger just recently a chrysler commercial how do you go get booked for commercial jobs I mean, it kind of, in my opinion, is a gradient of, of difficulty as far as, for me personally, commercials, I would get notified and the auditions would be held at a location somewhere in LA. And so my mom would drive me because I couldn't drive yet for most of them and just bring a shot, sign in, kind of wait. Normally the audition would only have maybe two to four lines. It'd be very short and then you'd just get called back or not if they liked your energy and they would normally be like filming with a couple of people in the room. TV things are kind of all over the place, like live TV for like Disney shows and stuff like that. And you never know. It could be one person in a room with like camera or it could be like a whole little mini board and then the script gets like a bit more involved and you do like a couple pages. And then for films, then it's more intense. But commercials were, were nice because a lot of that's about energy. So I had a ton of energy as a kid. I normally had fun with those because it involved just being a bit on the off the wall with excitement and bubbly attitude. And now having done both voice acting and commercial work, what advice do you have for people who want to get into acting, either in voice acting or commercial work or cartoon shows? It's such a different ballgame now that I'm older. It's such a different industry. Voice acting in general was was just kind of getting developed and becoming more of a prominent area of the industry when I was getting into it. And getting into it as an adult and not a youth is different as well. But I think just the best way is to play with your voice. <laughs> like not be afraid to like make weird sounds. D Baker on Avatar, that was like his advice to me because I was like, you literally make every animal sound and every extra random sound effect on this show. Like how do you have so many different sounds and he's like I just play with it every day I like try to find something new in my voice 
and keep track of it and hone it and, you know, work on my whistles and work on different tones. And I just try to keep like a reservoir of sound, like readily available to go. And so I think that's probably just the best way for voice acting is just to create your own like personal tool and then record a sound reel using a couple of different scripts just from like shows you like and do like you know four or five different voices just to show your range and then have that demo reel to show to people. I know a lot of people are creating websites and there are websites you can post your own demo reel on and then with commercials it's you just need to audition for an agent and then just work on your energy and feeling the audition space commercials it's not as easy to like record samples and then finally do you have anything you would like to promote facebook twitter website convention appearances the facebook page is kind of the easiest way i guess to see what i'm up to i try to get updated i'm not doing anything very exciting right now i'm a theater studies major at yale university and i'm i'm a junior so i'm like just going a little crazy that's thing i keep updated and there are some links on there i did start a Tumblr like last year uh, just because I like Tumblr but that's just me and I have my email address on there but normally people just message me through my Facebook page. I'm not doing anything too exciting right now which sounds boring on shows and I'm kind of working on the New York uh, industry rather than the LA industry at this point in my life figuring out musical theater and stuff so that's what I'm up to. But if anything exciting happens, I'll be putting it on the Facebook page. And what is your Facebook page where people can find you? If you just look up Jesse Flower, my my profile picture is just of, of Toph right now. And the cover photo is four different elements. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. And as always, subscribe to this podcast so it finds you and you don't find it. And please follow us on Twitter at PopAnimeComics as well as our website, popanimecomics.com. Till next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.